You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we are week six in our 10-week series, and... um, you know, usually Logan and I get a little distracted by this time. We're already thinking about the next series, but um, I'm not in this case. Uh, I'm really excited to continue this conversation. But I wanted to tell you a story. Um, let me see, this is 2020. This was almost 30 years ago. I was in the military. I was in the Air Force. I joined in October of 1990. Went to basic training. And then headed to tech school. And so in the summer of 91, um, I was down in Biloxi, Mississippi. And the Gulf Coast there in Biloxi is not pristine. You don't get excited about going to the Gulf Coast in Mississippi. But my roommate was from Pensacola. And wow, there's almost as nice as Hawaii. Maybe Maybe just a small uh, beach was as nice as white, white sand, crystal clear blue water, ginormous waves, and I was super excited to be playing in the Gulf Coast at, at that time. Um, there were these signs that talked about these riptides, rip currents, and they had these signs posted, and being 20 years old, do you think I paid attention to these signs? No, not until I was 30 feet away from shore, and then I was trying to remember what I read on the sign. Pretty simple. Um, If you're in a rip current, you have to escape it. You have to go lateral to escape that rip current so you can get back to shore. And I felt like getting back to shore was like a small miracle. And it kind of, I I was thinking about this experience because that's what it felt like um, just a couple years prior, just just a year prior when I had adopted this friend group in college. And this friend group was taking me away from the things I knew that God was calling me to. I adopted their values and it was leading me on a very dangerous path. And it was my cousin who came along that helped me escape that rip current to adopt a new community. In fact, I believe that community is like currents. The right community can lead you towards Christ-likeness. The wrong community can lead you to disaster. Now, some, some community, most community, I think, is not like the community I had adopted. Like, that was an, an active, that was a wild rip current that I had, you know, willingly dove into. Like, I knew it was dangerous, and I went anyway. I think other communities or passive, but the current, though it's slow, still has this tendency to lead you away from the things that God has for you. 
And so the question is, is the trajectory that you are on leading you closer to Christ? And are you becoming more like Christ because of your community? The author of Hebrews says this, therefore we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Almost sounds like a rip current, doesn't it? For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So the reader, the writer of Hebrews is saying, angels came to people, and those people responded to those messages most of the time. Sometimes. When they did respond to those messages, it saved them. When they didn't respond to those messages, it led to their own harm. If that was true for them, now that you and I have heard about Christ, have heard about the gospel, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And that's what I was doing. I was neglecting the things that I had heard. I was sinning against my own conscience. I was, my goal was to get drunk. That was my goal. It was a stated goal. Like it wasn't even assumed. It was, I said the words, I was chasing after relationships. I was chasing after girls. I was I was breaking the law. And I didn't, you didn't have to come tell me that what I was doing was, was harmful or that it was dangerous, that it was unhealthy for me, it was unhealthy and harmful to those around me. But what I did need was help to escape. For someone to say, hey, this way, let's, let's, let's go this direction. We spent five weeks talking about how to introduce people to Christ. We talked about God being the heavy lifter in this equation. He's the one who draws people to Christ. He's the one that convicts. He's the one that reveals truth. If he's not doing those things, we can't do those things for him. God has to do his part. And the really good news is he wants to. And he is all the time. In fact, it surprises me sometimes the people that he's working in. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my buddy Jeff, after 17 years, I was shocked to see Christ at work in him. Excited, thrilled, but I was surprised by it. But we talked about how we share our lives and how that can lead people to better conversations we, we earn people's trust when we do that. We earn the trust to be able to speak truth into their lives. We talked about sharing the words of Jesus. We talked about how our faith story is maybe the most powerful thing that we have when it comes to talking about Christ. Because who can argue against that? Like some of us can't remember chapter and verse, where to find our favorite scripture in the Bible. We know it, but we don't know where to find it. 
And there's all kinds of things that I forget about and Google helps me to find again when it comes to what's in the Bible, what's in the scriptures. I love the search function. It's my best friend. But I, I haven't forgotten my story. And you can't tell me my story is wrong. You can't argue with my story. You can't, because it's my story. It's my experience. So we talked about how to introduce people to Christ. And then the question becomes, well, then what's next? What do we do next? Well, in Acts chapter 2, we see 3,000 people come to Christ at Pentecost. They prayed a prayer of repentance. They were baptized. And what the apostles do next is important for us to both understand and live out. Acts 2 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to breaking of bread and the prayers. And knock came on every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who were believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. 3,000 come to Christ. They get introduced to the community that Christ had introduced and created with his disciples. Jesus spent three years with his disciples. He created this community. And when he ascended to heaven, that's what they were left with until the day of Pentecost. And then 3,000 people come to Christ and they get invited into that community. Why was God adding to the number? How was God adding to the number? Well, I think it centers on the fact that there was this community that was different. They were engaging in God's word on a daily basis. They were meeting in homes. They were creating this sense of family. They were caring for each other's needs. They were praying and worshiping together. They were breaking bread together. And that's how we designed our church. That's why we have care group and life transforming groups and worship night and family dinner is so that we can build this community where people can become more like Christ. When we see a need within the care group, I ran a benevolence program both in Moscow and Coeur d'Alene. And the benevolence program was primarily for the people outside the church. Not because people within the church don't have needs, but because more often than not, the people within the care group knew about the need before I ever did as a pastor, and they took care of it. Like I see you guys do time and time again. Like I see you guys do. 
this family, this care group. Life-transforming groups. Group of either three guys or three gals reading three chapters a day for the, every day for a week. They look at those three chapters, seven days, and then they come together and they talk about what they're seeing and what does this mean for me? How am I going to live this out? And then a worship night. It's just an opportunity for us to come together and say, our God is amazing just for being God. And we celebrate him. And a family dinner where we create community, where we create family, where we get to know each other's story a little bit more. We share more of life together. And we hear beyond the few minutes in the lobby here Sunday morning. As those 3,000 people 2,000 years ago adopted this discipleship community as their primary community, all other communities became secondary. But they didn't leave those two communities separate. They started to merge, and that's how God was adding to their number day by day. We all have these secondary communities. We all have a part of our community that's not part of the church, that, that needs what we have gained. In the story that I shared last week, I was a saved person. I could hear God's voice. God was speaking to me. But my witness, what an awful witness. I was known for taking I was known for using people. I had a horrible reputation. I was nothing like Christ. In the community that I adopted, that I, I chose to adopt, and I knew what they were about, they were leading me away from Christ's likeness. It was a current leading me away from Christ. And in my case, it was a rip current. And I needed to escape. The Apostle Paul talks about what this community is supposed to do when it comes together. Ephesians 4 says, And he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. And by the way, this, is, this isn't just staff members. Some of you fill some of these roles too. And these roles are open to the kingdom of priests. But he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain a unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ until we all experience the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine. That word doctrine, don't think Christian doctrine, think just teaching. Even teaching, you know, how the world tells us that we should live life and enjoy it and how what, what satisfies the soul. 
I think we agree that in general, the teaching out in the world about what satisfies the soul really doesn't satisfy. By human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. How does the church grow day by day as we champion this community, as we make this community our priority, as we invest in each other? You and I need God's community in order to become like Christ, to not be carried away. And each of us plays a part in this community. And each of us has a part to play in the spiritual health of this community. And when we introduce our family, our friends, and our community to Christ, it is imperative that we connect them to the body of Christ. It seems like the American Christian church thought on this for years, that what I've seen is that what we do is we introduce people to a prayer. If I could just get them to pray the right prayer, if I could get them to say yes to Jesus, or maybe if I could get them to show up at the church on Sunday. Whew, okay, we did it. High fives all around. Got them to church. Job's done. But I know those of you in the room, I know your community. I know you, how you value that community. And I wonder if sometimes we've been around that for so long, that's been such a part of our experience that we lose sight of its value. And we, we, we have it at a high value for ourselves, but do we hold it at the same value for our children or, or a neighbor or a friend that knows Christ but isn't connected to God's community? Do we have that same value for them as we hold for ourselves? Because I don't know of a, of a more committed group of people when it comes to God's community than you folks. But even as I prepared for the sermon, go, man, do I, have I thought about this like this? When we introduce our family, our friends, and community to Christ, it is imperative that we connect them to the body of Christ. Otherwise, how do we expect them to grow? And is their witness somehow going to look more like my witness of 20 years ago than my witness of today? It's 30 years ago. Who wants to do the math? It's so many years. 
Jesus built a community with his followers for three years. They cared for each other. They encouraged each other. They wrestled over God's word together. They held each other accountable. And when Christ ascended to heaven in Acts 1, they had this community to ground them. And then when 3,000 people came to Christ 50 days later, they immediately integrated them into this community. And the body of Christ grew. And if the body of Christ is going to continue to grow as an outgrowth of our generation, if it's going to continue to grow in Missoula, it's going to be through the community of Christ that it grows, not through a prayer. As important as that prayer is, Now for the bad news. Uh, community is not necessarily easy. I get an amen in the room. Um, people are messy. Some of our greatest hurts happen through community. Some of our greatest hurts happen through church community. And some of the people that we care about connecting to Christ or connecting to the church or connecting to our community, that's where the greatest hurts come from. And so this makes things challenging. But as a community, we have to know this. We have to know that it's going to be challenging. Um, during footnotes, we're going to talk about a concept called... Um, I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> All I can think of is Dr. Die. <laughs> What's the, what am I thinking of? I have no idea. Oh, sweet Lord. Oh, man. Um, double bind, yes. We're going to talk about the double bind. Um, a double bind says that, that the two paths before you, neither one is easy, but one is more familiar than the other. So we have a tendency to stay on the path that we've always been on. For, for an addict, and I'll just, a quick example, leaving their addiction is not easy. It takes them down a path that they don't know. They haven't even tried that before. The path of addiction is not easy, but at least I know about that path. So I, that seems easier in relative terms. So the double bind and how that plays out in discipleship, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'll have my notes ready. <laughs> <laughs> so as a community, because community hasn't always been easy, community's been hard we have to be committed to continue to grow. The area of our life that, 
that we wish just wasn't true of us anymore, whether it be anger or pride or selfishness or lust or, or whatever the case, the things that hurt people within community, we have to be committed to doing our part to grow past that. We need to recognize when we've hurt people and we need to seek reconciliation. And sometimes we need wisdom in how to do that. We need to be able to forgive, but we also need to be able to hold each other accountable. I need people to call me out at times and say, Rob, that didn't work. We need to become more like Christ and we need to be determined that this is what we're going to do. And then we need to chase after those who stray away. And we'll talk more about this in footnotes, but Ezekiel 34, God calls out the shepherds of Israel. And one of the reasons why he calls them out is because they were unwilling to go after those who got off track. We need to be willing to leave the 99 and go after the one, like Jesus talks about. And we need to recognize that we are needed within this community. I'm needed. You're needed. Each of us has a part to play. Community is like currents. The wrong community can lead you away from the things that you know God is calling you to. The right community can lead you to looking and living like Christ. And so in this series, we've talked about my part, God's part, and their part. We'll talk about that here again. And, and at this point, that their part might actually be your part today. I don't know. But their part, escape the current, connect deeper with God through community. Somebody in this room or even online, you may be wrestling with, I know God's calling me to something, but I'm not sure how to do it. And the answer is connect deeper with God through community. Connect deeper with God through community. If God's working in your heart, you feel that call, you sense him saying, hey, I love the community I love the people that are part of your community, but they are not helping you. They're not helping you grow to the things that I am calling you to. If you sense God calling you to something like that, let Logan or myself know, and we'll journey with you on that. God's part, he is the one who draws people to Christ. He's the one that reveals spiritual truth. He's the one that does the heavy lifting. God had put something in my heart long before he provided the person to come along to help me do what he was calling me to. Long before God sent my cousin, he had put something in my heart. I spent a year wrestling, knowing that God was calling me to something different. I didn't know how to do it. And then he sends my cousin at the right time, the right place.
my part. For those of us who are partaking in community and this is just who we are now, be a guide. Be a guide. Help others connect into that community. Draw people to and build godly community because that's what's going to change Missoula. I don't know if you know this or not, but our world's not going to look significantly better on November the 4th. It could look worse. Voting is not going to change the outlook of our country. Christ can, and he wants to. Be guide. So some next steps. If you're disconnected, seek out godly community. We have family dinner. It's, it's an easy environment just to get to know people. We have worship night. We have care group. We have life transforming group. We have Sunday services. We have plenty of opportunities. And these aren't the only godly communities that we have available for you, but these are the ones that are just easy to identify and talk about. I'm, I'm willing to create other godly communities too, other opportunities for people to connect. Through you, as God places things on your heart, to minister to Missoula, we'll do that. But these are the things that we offer today that are pretty easy to access. If you're connecting, I say this, fully engage in God's community. Let it be your primary community. Does, do you still need other communities? Yeah, I have other communities besides the church. In fact, I went and pursued it. That's not my primary. This is my primary. And when it wasn't my primary, I was not growing closer to Christ. I wasn't becoming more like Christ, and I was giving Christ a bad name. If you're connecting, full engage. Full engage. If you are connected, actively pursue the disconnected. Actively pursue your son or your daughter, your friend, your neighbor who knows Christ, who's prayed the prayer, who's been baptized, but some other community is their primary community. Help them to see the value that you've gained over the years. And then all of us. Do the work to make our community safe. And it is work. It is work. It takes effort. Unfortunately, there's things inside of Rob that it's not beautiful. It's not pretty. I have to work to overcome the things that I just naturally am inclined to do. And I have to grow and I have to mature. It takes effort. And I have to go, oh, shouldn't have said that. And seek out reconciliation. And I have to seek out ways of growing and maturing in Christ. My friends, 
we must prioritize God's community in our lives. And we need to help others do the same if they're going to grow in Christ. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.